This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, October 22nd. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Bozeman not bound by ag spending. Permanent commodity programs? Zero is not good enough. Stabenow hopeful on ag provisions. Democratic leaders on Capitol Hill insist they are getting closer to a deal on President Biden's Build Back Better plan. Senator Joe Manchin, one of two key moderate Democrats, told reporters yesterday the talks were, quote, making good progress. But he also said he didn't expect a deal, quote, anytime soon. For agriculture, a key question is how much money will be in the final bill for conservation and other climate-related provisions. The House's $3.5 trillion package has more than $90 billion for agriculture. Senate Agriculture Committee Chairwoman Debbie Stabenow of Michigan told reporters she hopes that any cuts to the ag provisions will be limited. She said the ag provisions would provide a lot of emissions reductions. Now take note, the top Republican on the committee, John Bozeman of Arkansas, told AgriPulse in a Washington Weekend Review interview he wouldn't feel bound to follow those spending provisions when the committee writes the next farm bill. Bozeman said he would seek input from industry stakeholders and then we're going to do whatever the consensus is best for farmers. They may or may not be the same thing that's in there now. And keep in mind, the spending proposals for Climate Smart Ag are broadly in line with recommendations made by the Food and Agriculture Climate Alliance, a largely industry coalition. House Ag Chair, I'll consider permanent farm programs. The chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, David Scott, promised yesterday to work with Republican colleagues on making the Farm Bill Commodity Programs permanent law. Scott made the pledge in response to a question by a fellow Georgian on the committee, Austin Scott, who is no relation. The chairman did not elaborate on his thinking. Making the Title I programs permanent would have far-reaching implications because it would ease the pressure on Congress to pass farm bills every five years or so. Under current law, a 1949 law kicks in unless Congress acts to extend the Title I commodity programs when a farm bill expires. Allowing the 1949 law to take effect is unthinkable because of the impact it would have, most notably uh, by dramatically increasing support prices for milk. Bozeman told AgriPulse he thinks it's a good idea for Congress to regularly reevaluate the commodity programs to see how well they are working. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. Dairy Management Incorporated serves America's 34,000-plus dairy farmers and dairy importers by managing research and marketing programs aimed at promoting dairy consumption and protecting the good image of dairy farmers, dairy products, and the dairy industry. Funded entirely by dairy farmers, DMI has distinguished itself as a strategic consultant and valuable resource to businesses and organizations in the food and beverage sector that seek to increase sales and raise their image through the innovative use of dairy and dairy ingredients. 
Welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. FSA rejects employees' appeal for VAX exemption. The Farm Service Agency has rejected a request by an association representing FSA employees for an exemption from the federal government's vaccine mandate. The National Association of FSA County Office Employees asked last month that county office employees be allowed to choose regular testing instead of vaccinations. But FSA Administrator Zach Ducheneau said he fully supports President Joe Biden's executive order requiring vaccines for federal employees. Vaccines have been proven to be safe, highly effective, easy to administer, and in most cases are free of charge, Ducheneau said in a letter to NASCO President Marcinda Kester, which NASCO made public yesterday. It is imperative that we do all that we can to protect not only the health and safety of our workforce, but also the population that we serve. NASCO represents about 6,700 employees nationwide. Vilsack offers EU an olive branch on farm to fork. USDA officials have long criticized the European Union's farm-to-fork strategy for favoring organic production and strict curbs on pesticides and fertilizers. But Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack yesterday offered some deference to the EU plan. Both the U.S. and EU want to cut carbon emissions as they make farming more sustainable. They just are taking different approaches. Vilsack said in remarks at the 2021 Norman E. Borlaug International Dialogue in Des Moines. Vilsack said the key here for us to understand is that we share the same vision, the same endpoint, but there may be multiple ways to get to that endpoint. We want to respect each other's way of getting to that endpoint as we are all moving to the same place. U.S. intelligence warns of climate risk. The White House released a national intelligence estimate yesterday that identifies 11 countries that pose security risk because of the impact of climate change on their food supplies and other needs. The countries, quote, lack the financial resources or governance capacity to adapt to climate change effects, heightening the risk of instability-induced migration and displacement flows, including to the U.S. southern border, and increasing their already substantial needs for foreign aid and humanitarian assistance, the report says. The 11 countries, Afghanistan, Burma, India, Pakistan, North Korea, Guatemala, Haiti, Honduras, Nicaragua, Colombia, and Iraq. China drives strong week for U.S. soy exports. The U.S. exported about 2.2 million metric tons of soybeans in the second week of October, a 30% increase from the previous week. Chinese demand was the primary factor in the big week, according to the latest trade data out of the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. Of that total for October 8 to 14, the U.S. shipped about 1.7 million tons to China. Imports by the Netherlands, a key entry point for Europe, were a distant second with 127,300 tons. 
The second week of October was also a big week for net sales to foreign buyers. China was again the biggest reason. FAS reported export sales of about 2.9 million tons of U.S. soybeans for the seven-day period. Chinese companies committed to purchasing about 1.9 million tons of that total. Here's today's He Said It. We must aim at zero-emission agriculture and emission-neutral agriculture by 2030 or soon after that. But eventually, it has to be negative-emission agriculture. Zero is just not enough. That rattan law, the 2020 World Food Prize laureate and a soil scientist at The Ohio State University. He was speaking at the World Food Prize-related event organized by the Inter-American Institute for Cooperation on Agriculture. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, October 22nd. Brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Alley.